0: Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. The rhythm of a perfect day. So let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit will not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Now his days will be now 120 years. Timing. There were giants on the earth in those days, and afterward the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. In other words, there was a lot of demonic activity taking place in this time. God's design for mankind was being corrupted. They were out of time and out of God's plan. And the Lord saw the wickedness of man that was great on the earth, and every intent of their thoughts Were always and only evil. What a ugly world to live in. And here's the thing: when you are not living dependent on God, you will get out of time with God's plan for your life. I call it out of sync or out of timing. And and I love to watch people. I look at people when they're not looking: the way they walk, what they wear, how they speak. Of course, they don't do that on Sunday because you're all amazing, but during the week. And it's really evident that some people are living out of time with God's plan. Their life is out of sync. It's out of rhythm. And everything about them is showing that they are out of God's plan and purpose and life is jolted and out of timing. But it says in verse 8 of Genesis 6, But Noah, he's a man that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is a genealogy of Noah. He was a just man, perfect in his generations or in his time. And he walked with God. Or other words, that word walk means he kept pace with God. One man out of all the world who kept pace with God. See, when we find our rhythm with God... All the world begins to change. It was because of one man in rhythm with God that his family was changed. See, if you find your rhythm with God, it will affect your marriage, your family, your workplace, your church, your city. But when you're out of time, there's darkness and despair and futility. It is a big, big deal to getting time with God for your life. It is a major deal. Noah kept in pace with God. I shared with you last week that people that are out of time are frustrating to be around. Do you remember that? When we're singing and people are clapping on the offbeat. My kids and I, I know this probably sounds a bit cruel, but we like to watch the um, Australian Idol and all those shows, but particularly the auditions where people can't sing and are out of time. And it's a shock to them Because somebody who is a judge gives them a dose of reality that their parents should have given them. You can't sing, you're out of time, stop it. (laughs) Become a cleaner, a doctor, but just don't sing. You're out of time and it's hurting my ears. Out of time people cause chaos. It's uncomfortable. And so some of the pain that we feel about our lives is because we're out of time. We're out of sync with God's plan for our life. Making wrong choices, wrong decisions, wrong thinking, wrong starts to the day, wrong relationships, and it causes us to be out of time. Yeah. So Genesis 7, verse 17, it tells us that the flood comes and God judges a whole world that is out of time. I thought to myself, that's pretty... It's a pretty radical thing to do, you know. But I, I want you to see here that God really does not like it when we're out of time with Him. It's a big deal. And when I thought about the flood, I, I thought to myself, He judged the world because He didn't want the world to be continually out of time with Him. The way the world was going, it would have been consistently out of time. The Messiah would never have been able to come. And it would have been out of control. So he washes away this out-of-time world, he redeems it and he resets it. God wants to reset your world as well. And he comes and he washes away your past. He redeems your past and he resets it. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter how dark it's been how many drugs you've taken, how many people you've slept with, whatever it might be that you think is unredeemable, and now your life is out of time because of that. God has this, because He's God, a supernatural ability to come into your past, to redeem it, and to reset it. So what happened in your past is not causing you to be out of time with your life today? Have you met people that are out of time today because of something that happened in their past? And it continually comes up in their mindsets, in their language, in their associations. Because they made a bad choice here, now they're out of time. And they're uncomfortable to be around. Ephesians 5:18, sorry, 15 to 18 says, I want you to walk circumspectly, not as foolish people, but as wise. So listen to what the Word says today. God says, I want you to be wise about your life, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Don't be unwise about your life today, but understand what the will of God is for this day. And don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. See, drunks have no idea, no perception about their life. And God is saying, I want you to be so filled with the Spirit that an awareness of your day overwhelms you. A clarity about your purpose. Every day that you wake up, that you know why you are here and God's assignment for each day. There comes such a sharp focus and clarity over your life. I shared with you last week, uh, two weeks ago that God is the redeemer of time. So first, we're just going to recap about what God does in our past and then what he does in our present. Remember I said two weeks ago that he is the redeemer of time. He's not restricted by time as we know it. He operates outside of time. So God created time for earth. So we have a sequence of events. So things could be redeemed, but God sits out of that in a place called eternity. The Bible says that he is from everlasting to everlasting. He is the only one that is what we call eternal. And he sits outside of our time and he looks down. He's present in our past. He's present in today and he's present in our future all at the same time. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. The Bible says that the earth is full of God's loving kindness in our past, our present, in our future, all at the same time. Jesus, the same yesterday, today and forever. He is present right now, today, yesterday, the day before, at our birth. He is living and active and present as if it is today in all those events. Get your head around that. We are only present now. I'm not present tomorrow, am I? I'm not present yesterday. I'm not even present. When I said I'm not even present yesterday, it's gone. <laughs> and I love that, don't you? That, that's gone. I can't get it back because I am not eternal. I'm fixed in the present. But God steps out of that. He says, I've got all the bases covered, past, present, future. How amazing is our God? He says in Isaiah 66, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you would build for me? Where will my resting place be? In other words, you can't contain me in the present. You can't build a house and and say, this is the only day that I can fix. So we have this idea that God can only fix today. But he can fix yesterday and the day before, and the day before, and the day before. He can redeem every single day. Because that's God. Yes, give him a hand. He's very clever. So that tells me that I can invite God into any day of my timeline because I am the steward of my life. And you are the steward of your life. It's not your mum's fault, your dad's fault, your cat's fault, your teddy bear's fault, the government's fault. It's not your coach's fault. It's nobody's fault. You are the steward of your timeline. It's called personal responsibility. And we all get to play the game. It's not even your pastor's fault. And we get to invite God into every realm of our timeline. Are you getting this? Now, I'm not saying that you can change events because you can't. You can't change the day you're born. I don't like being born on the 28th of May. I want the 29th. Well, tough. (laughs) You've got it. It's yours. But what you can do is you can invite Jesus into every moment, every event, and ask him to redeem it. Paul says we can redeem the times because the days are evil. So what he's saying is that every event that the enemy's got into and played with and contaminated we can ask Jesus to come into those events and redeem them and heal them so my present isn't adversely affected by those events. He is a healing God. You have events, I have events that have happened in our life that when they happen, it caused us to get out of time. So someone rejected you very badly, hurt you, abused you. And the moment that happened, time began to mess up. You began to get out of time. So God had this perfect path for you, a plan, and you got out of time and you started making bad decisions. Because of that event. And you're here today and you're with a limp. You're out of time. You've lost your confidence. You've lost your mojo. It's because of those events. And we will always live out of time until Jesus corrects that timing issue. And he goes back through our invitation and he resets that moment. So today I'm back in harmony and in rhythm with his plan for my life. So we can invite Jesus into those places, those events. I have key events in my life that have shaped me, good and bad. So it's my role as the steward of my life. I'm not against therapy. I'm not against counseling. So if you're a counselor, God bless you. But this is what you have to do. They can lead you to these conversations, but you have to initiate. You You have to open your heart and say, God... I know there are events in my life that that still cause me pain and trigger bad reactions that have got me out of time. Would you come into those events and breathe on them? Like the flood, would you wash away the evidence that I was ever out of time? And he does that. And we find in the flood that the boat ends up on top of Mount Ararat. As the flood dissipates And there's a picture to us. Mount Ararat means the curse is reversed. So it tells us that when God washes away our past, he reverses the effects of the curse in our life. So there's no sign today that I was ever damaged. Don't you want that in your life? No baggage, no damage. I want that for our church. I want people to come into this place and say, What a bunch of whole people. There's no baggage. There's no issues. There's life and wholeness. He's a redeeming God. The beauty of our gospel is that God redeems people. He redeems and lifts them. He washes away their past and their junk. What an amazing message. That was two weeks ago. And we give him thanks for that. Now turn with me to Genesis 8.20. Now we're coming to our present. We welcome all those today on live stream, those watching on YouTube. We have lots of people all around the world and we say, God's got a great message for you today. Amen? Amen. So after the flood dissipates, God says, Right Noah, out of the ark, we're going to start a whole new day, a whole new way of living. And the very first thing that Noah does is he builds an altar To the Lord at the beginning of his day. And the moment he does that, God says, Because you've done that, he says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, night and day they will never cease. What is God saying? When you build an altar at the beginning of your day, you will come back into right timing for your life. John 10.10 says, the devil, listen to this, he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. If I was to walk down here today and take your wallet, because I know there's lots of money in it. If I was to take off your rings, because I see these nice rings there. You'd get angry, because I was stealing something. It's visible. You'd probably chase me around the building and ask for it back. But isn't it interesting, the most valuable commodity that we own or will ever own gets stolen from us every day. And most people are unaware or they don't care. John 10.10, the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. And we think about that in a a physical way, a, a way that we can see. But you know, one of the ways or one of the greatest ways that he steals from us, he steals... Our perfect day, our times, our moments. He gets into our day and he contaminates it. And he steals what God meant for that day. I'm on a new quest in my life. It's only a recent thing as I've been studying this thing about time. I'm seeing it in a different way. I want to guard my day. I want to make sure that I'm in tune, aligned in time with God for the day. Most people wake up and they don't think about their day. They don't think about what God's designed for that day. They're unaware that God has a perfect day planned for their life. And the devil steals it. Interruptions, wrong conversations, depression, anger, resentment, unforgiveness. And he steals our day. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't touch my precious moments. With stupid conversation, with things that aren't part of God's plan. Turn with me to Proverbs 4.18. Of course, I'm not talking about you talking to me. I'm talking in general now. Proverbs 4.18. Listen to what it says. The path of the just is like a shining sun. It shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The path of the just, it shines brighter and brighter. In other words, every day we are nailing it more and more how to live in time with God for our day. Are you getting this? I'll say it again. The the path of the just, the the language, the ideology of the just is that every day I'm getting more and more in harmony with God for my day. And it keeps shining. I keep getting more and more revelation until one day I say, I just had the perfect day. Psalm 92.10 says, I will be anointed with fresh oil. We had a song that used to say, I'll be anointed with fresh oil every day. See, when we get into the rhythm with God, monotony starts to leave. Fresh oil. There are people here today, and you've gone through weeks and months where it's become monotonous, monotonous, monotonous. You wake up and say, oh God, not another day rather than, oh God, thank you for today. It's monotony, it's routine. You've lost your zest, your spark for life, and you're living for the weekend. And the psalmist says, we can be anointed with fresh oil. In other words, when we wake up, there's a revelation of God's perfect plan for your day. Psalm 84 verse 9 says, Oh God, behold our shield, look on the face of your anointed, for one day in your courts... Is better than a thousand. I want you to know today it's not how long you live, it's how well you live. And one day in his courts, in other words, one perfect day is better than more productive than a thousand elsewhere. You can be old and unwise, old and unfruitful. It's not the length of your days, it's whether we are in time with God's day for our life. It's called a perfect day. Psalm 119.24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has created this day for you. It's not just some God, you've got to understand this thing about God. He is so meticulous about everything that he does. You know, we don't find animals with seven legs and you know, three tails and fourteen eyes and you know, a quadzillion ears. No, he creates everything perfect in his time. And the psalmist says, This is the day that God has made. We will rejoice and be glad in that day. The gladness, the joy comes from seizing the day as God has made it. From understanding when I get in alignment with God, joy flows from that. The reason some people are miserable is that they're out of time with God's day. Getting time, getting harmony, start the dance with God and joy will come. Every day there is something to accomplish to prove the will of God for your life. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this world. This world says, get up, go to work, do the bare minimum, go home, put the TV on, watch stupid stuff on TV, go to bed. Get up, go to work, do the bare minimum, go home, watch stupid stuff on TV. And Romans says, do not be conformed to this stupid mindset of the world, this dumbing down mindset. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what the will of the Lord is for each day, that good, pleasing, and perfect will. We begin to say, God, I'm understanding that you have a plan for my day that's bigger than what I could dream. We go from 30 to 60 to 100 fold. Have I got everything out of each day? Absolutely not. I'm only beginning to discover But the more and more we press into this, the more and more is revealed about what God could do in the day. Does not the scripture say, can a nation be born in a day? Cannot whole nations be changed because of the decisions of one person in one day? Every day carries coded messages. God does that. He drops signs all over the day that says you're on track. You're in harmony. You're in timing. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The firmament shows His handiwork day after day, utters speech, and night after night reveals knowledge. God is saying to us every day you 're on track, look at this, go there if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, he will make us so make it so clear you 're on track you 're on track you 're in harmony you 're in time with what I am doing he 's speaking to you about your day from the moment you wake up God is speaking in fact at nighttime he's preparing you for the day throughout the day he 's speaking to us, but so many people Are missing and are out of time, out of harmony with God. Isaiah 46, verse 10 says, I always set the end from the beginning. I make known my ancient times. Sorry, I make known from ancient times what is yet to become. He's the God that says, I finish and then I start. I complete something and then I come back in time. So In all of our life, God steps outside of time. He plans all of our life from the beginning to the end. It's all planned out. And then he says, I come back to the beginning and I begin to remind you and show you what it is that I've done. I begin with the end in mind. God has already mapped out your success. You don't have to be worried, stressed about your husband, your wife, your kids, your cat, your dog, your money, your future. God has it all worked out. He's already completed it. I've said to you before, that's why the Jews read from right to left. Because they understand that they begin with the end in mind. God has completed. And that's why the Bible says he's placed eternity in our hearts. So when we wake up in the morning, he lifts us up into his realm where we can see the beginning from the end. And we get his perspective about our lives. So Jesus got up each day, before the sun had rose, to find his assignment. What amazing thought, hey? He got up and began to hear. See, Proverbs sixteen nine says, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Destiny is chosen by God for us, is it not? But we, according to Proverbs 16, the fulfillment of that destiny is chosen by us, by the rising up in the morning. I put it this way I was saying to Karen, the prodigal son had a call on his life, his call was to greatness. God God always calls people to greatness. But you and I know he made bad decisions. So does that mean that God's plan for his life was wrong? Absolutely not. He chose to go his own way. He went and lived the life of a pig when he was called to live in the palace. So what did the father do? The father never ran after him and pulled him out of the pig pen. God won't do that. God won't make decisions for you to get out of bed in the morning. He has an amazing plan. So the father waits for the son every day. He doesn't stay in the home. He waits for him. He's looking for him. He's looking for a sign that the son will return to his senses. And the moment the son comes back, the father embraces him and puts him back on his journey to destiny. Are you getting this? He has So the father never changed his mind. And here's the story. Here's the thing. If the son never came back, the father never would have got him. That's right. To me, that's what destiny is about. Yeah. Your destiny is planned out, the beginning from the end. Yeah. It's all planned out. And all that God wants you to do is show up. But he won't come and get you. He won't, he won't break your will. He won't, he won't manipulate your foreshoe you yeah. because that's the way God designed it. That we'd have a free will. Oh yes, he'll be there. He'll be in in, in another way. He's pursuing, pursuing you. He's he's there. He's looking for you. He's he's causing you to to your heart to warm to him. But he won't change your mind. He won't do things that only you can do. So the son comes to his senses and he goes on his journey again. Some of you need to come back to the Father, in the sense that He has this amazing plan for your life, but you're living in a pig pen. He's saying, come back. Come back, pursue my plan for your day. Some of you are right on the edge of missing it. Because you're being distracted and your destiny awaits you. And you can get to the end of your life and say, well, God didn't have much of a plan for me. My friend, when you get to heaven, all of us will look at the destiny and think, is that what you had? And I stayed in the pig pen. Well, God, you could have helped me. He says, I was waiting every day. I wanted to speak to you every morning. I wanted to reveal to you your perfect day, but you wouldn't get out of bed. You've been watching TV all night. Who wants to be a millionaire? Well, I wanted to reveal to you things to come. So Jesus arose before day and spoke into the womb of each morning. Psalm 143:8 causes me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. Do you know, every morning has a womb that God has planned for each day. Just think about each day like that. There's a womb where God is wanting to create something that would grow throughout the day. So Jesus gets up and he begins to pray, Lord, what is your plan for this day? So like the Holy Spirit in creation, he hovers over the day. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of order. So he comes in creation. And see, what God does in creation, he does each day for his people. So in the beginning of the day, there's darkness and disorder. We wake up, we don't know what's going to happen. And the Holy Spirit wants to come over our disordered world and bring order to our Remember, over creation, he's fluttering. He's bringing timing and order and sequence to every event. Yeah. And as we talk to him, he begins to say, this is the order for the day. He brings clarity. And all of a sudden, as he does that, the word of the Lord comes to us and we can speak and create our day. And work in partnership with him throughout the day. So each day, if you want to think it like this, God wills and determines every day. You may want to write that down for yourself. God wills and determines each day. Number two, Holy Spirit hovers over the darkness of each day and brings order and revelation. That's why Benny Hinn wrote the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit brings order and revelation and insight so we can know what God has willed for the day. You can't know what God willed unless the Holy Spirit reveals it. Yeah. He searches the deep things of God to reveal to us the mind of God. No man knows the things of the Spirit except the Spirit of the man that's in him. Likewise, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God that's in him. You have no other way of knowing what God the Father has designed for the day, unless Holy Spirit speaks to you. So he makes sense over the mass, over the distractions, over the darkness of the world that we live in. And as he does that, we hear God speak. And when God speaks, thirdly, so God wills, Holy Spirit hovers, and then the word is spoken. That's why declaration is so important for your morning. To get up and say, this is the day that God has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I've heard from God today. He says he's got a great plan for my life. I've heard the Holy Spirit and I have been beginning to decree over my day before it begins. This is building the womb of your morning. And you can do that in your bed. You can do that when you wake up. You can do it after a cup of coffee. You can do it anywhere. It doesn't have to take four hours. It can be as simple as one minute if need be. But we are conscious that each day is a gift from God to us. There is a womb over each morning that we create with God in partnership with Him. Or you can go through another week and be as fruitless and boring as last week was. It's not rocket science, is it? Each morning, can I suggest to you it's good to reaffirm that you have dominion. And I'm just going to give you some practical things before we finish. Over the earth, and you have dominion in heaven. And these are very important things that you establish. Because remember when the earth was flooded, it came from the earth. The gates of the earth were opened, and it came from the heavens. There was a partnership between heaven and earth. Both had been corrupted our ability to reign in heaven and reign on earth had been corrupted. They were both judged and then reinstated when Noah was released from the ark. So each day we wake up, we need to be conscious of the fact that we operate at an earthly realm and a heavenly realm. An earthly perspective and a heavenly perspective. They work together. And we affirm those realms that we have dominion over both of them every day. And it looks like this. He's an easy picture. Think of the eagle and think of the lion. They both have absolute authority and both are kings over the realms in which they live. The eagle in the air, the lion on the earth. They are both kings. See, the eagle, if you're taking notes, it's all about altitude. The eagle... It's about vision and focus and perspective. He soars high in the sky. And as we wake up in the morning, we're saying, God, you have given me authority and dominion in, in the realms of heaven. You've given me the ability to see in the Spirit. You've given me the ability to be an overcomer, to be take authority in the realm of the Spirit. I am a spiritual being. I live in a body... I am a uh, soulish human, but I also have a spirit. And in the spirit realm, I have been given authority. I can see what others don't see. It's about altitude. And I have dominion in the altitude. The lion, it's about attitude. He prances around because he knows he's the king of the jungle. Not the biggest, not the strongest, not the heaviest, but he's the king. He intimidates people. He's bossy. He's king because of what he believes about himself. So each morning, I need to remind myself that I am a spirit being, that I can see in the spirit, that I am called to to be lifted up high above, to see in the realm of the spirit. I'm called to soar. I'm called to be with the giants. I'm called to be with leaders and kings. I've been elevated, but like a lion... I'm bold and I'm confident. I have self-confidence. I'm strong. I'm not easily intimidated. Think about this each morning. The eagle with the ability to see in the spirit. See, with our eyes we can see. And that's the problem. There's a big difference between sight and vision. Most Christians are limited by what they see. Because they're living by their sight, not by their vision. They look at their bank accounts. They look at their marriage. They look at their kids. They look at the world around them. They look at our city. They read the news. They see the TV. And they are limited by what they see rather than having a vision from God based on what he sees. The eagle soars in the air. He can see up to five miles away. He has this amazing vision. I think it's 340 degree vision. He's able to see on both sides. He sees four to eight times better than a human. He has amazing vision. And so I say to myself in the morning, God, you have given me great vision. I see what you see. Vision breaks hopelessness. Laziness comes because we've lost our vision. People aren't lazy because they're lazy, because they've lost their vision. There's hopelessness. They don't see the value of tomorrow because nothing's going to change because they are relegated to walking by sight and not by faith. They look at the natural and say, that it'll never change. But we wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Father. You've made me like the eagle. Yeah. And I speak into the womb of my morning and I say, I can see what you see. And even though it looks like nothing has changed, I know everything has changed. You've been to my end and, and you said it's a good end. You, you said, faithful is he who's called you, who also will fulfill it. You have a marvelous plan for my life. I see what you see. What a way to start our day. It's called a perfect day. You have to align for the perfect day. You've got to get in harmony for a perfect day. You've got to build into the womb of your morning. Yeah. Are you getting this? Yeah. You can't just wake up and, and get out of bed. I've done that. Get out of bed. Have a coffee, have some cocoa pops, just like a chocolate milkshake. (laughs) And then you go through the day and you wonder why day after day blurs into week after week, year after year. And you say, oh God, what have I done with my life? Because you haven't taken charge of your morning. The scripture says, teach me to number my... Isn't it interesting that humans number their years? I don't say, how old are you? Uh, 98,575.3 days. No, we say I'm 35, 51, 14. We number years where God numbers days and moments. Yeah, good. And if we take care of our days, the years will take care of themselves. Right. Teach me to number my days. Give me a heart of wisdom. So when I wake up in the morning, I value this gift. Time is slipping away. For all of us, I can't believe I'm 51. I know I don't look it, but it goes so fast. Right. I remember being a kid, hearing my parents say it goes so fast. You silly parent. But it's true, now I'm, now I'm them. Now my parents' friends are all dying. Because it goes so fast. And we think when we're young, oh, I've got all the time in the world. No, you do not. Even if you live to 100, it goes like that. It's like a vapor. It's here they gone tomorrow. And so every day we have to wake up and treasure that day. Yeah. Treasure the moments. Treasure the conversations. Treasure the times. Hear what God is saying. Get rid of distractions. The eagle soars at incredible heights. You can tell where you are with, by the birds that you fly with eagle doesn't look around and see a chicken. Oh, hi, how are you going today? No, chickens are born to fly low. And if you want a great destination, it, it'll show by those you associate with. And so each morning we need to wake up and evaluate the environment that we have created around our lives. I know a lot of people don't like hearing this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I love you. But some of you have got really bad friends. I don't know that personally, but I just, I just know because it it's human nature. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the path of... I've got that right? Sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law he meditates day and night. And it goes on to say that he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who bears his fruit in season. Timing. You're out of time when you hang around turkeys and sparrows and chickens when you're called to soar like an eagle. I know some of you don't like hearing it, but I'm going to keep telling you because you have a destiny from God and you can't get to heaven and blame the turkeys around you. God will say, I called you to be an eagle. And you keep hanging around turkeys. We are called to love everyone. Absolutely. We're not better than anyone. But when you get a sense of purpose and destiny, it shapes the people that you build around your life. To soar like an eagle, you've got to be around eagles. People that will question and challenge and expand your thinking. How will this church reach this city if we aren't all lifted up into elevated thinking? Luke 13:6. Oh, it gets better. He told a parable that a man was had this tree. It was his favourite tree. Oh, look at my tree. I got this for Mother's Day. It's my beautiful tree. And he plants it in the ground. And it's it's a lemon tree. And it's been there three years. It's got lovely leaves but no lemons. Now you and I know that if you have a lemon tree without lemons, it's a lemon. you got to get rid of it. I've had trees like that. I I made a rule. We had chickens. I said, the kids, the moment they stop laying eggs, they're out. Chicken soup. Chickens have eggs. Chickens aren't pets. If you want a pet, get a dog. But if you have chickens, they're going to do something. They'll lay eggs and they've got to poo. Right? For the compost and for eating. So he has this tree for three years, and the master comes and looks at it and says, what's the deal here? There's no fruit. He says, cut it down. Why should it take up space? And the man says, oh, you know, give me, give me another chance, another year, put some fertilizer in the And he says, all right, you've got one year, but if it doesn't bear fruit, it's out. See, elevated thinking is like this. God comes to our relationships and he's looking for fruitfulness and he finds idleness and stupidity. He's looking for growth, but all it, there's people in your life that just taken up space. A lot of work, a lot of effort, but no fruit. Same old silly stories, same old futile thinking, same old limitations, same old criticism about God, and you let them in. I've had to cut off Relationships I've had for years and it's been painful. And people can misjudge you. Oh, he's too good for you. No, I'm called to be an eagle. I've only got one life. I've got to make sure it counts. I've got to lead my family well, lead my church well, lead myself well. You're called to be, And this is about starting the day. God, look at my relationships. Who do I need to bring into my life? Who do I need to pursue? Who do I need to cut off? Give them another year and tell them, if you don't bear fruit, you're out. Just don't do that to your wife. (laughs) Right? Pastor Andrew said, you got a year? Ship up or shake out. You're out of here. No, 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 no. I'm talking about friendships. Will you keep investing each day in things that aren't fruitful? When we get the courage to say, "I'm called to soar," see, it's not just friendship. It's TV programs you've become friends with. Oh, it's my favourite program. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's why you look like a chicken. God's been knocking on your door saying you've been watching this program for three years and there's no fruit. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Have you ever heard God say that to you? He says, stop it. Stop, it. "Stop it." What part of "stop it" don't you understand, Andrew? Yes, Lord. You know I'm a slow learner. Thank you for your mercies. Remember, they're new every morning. Okay, that's the eagle. Altitude. The lion is attitude. So we wake up each morning and we have to tell ourselves, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The righteous are as bold as a lion. This is an area that I've been speaking to myself. I think... In areas of my life, some areas, not all, but some areas I've lost courage. You should have seen me when I was young. Quite bold. In some areas, I feel like I've retracted. So God says, okay, in the womb of the morning, begin to speak boldness over your life. Authority in the heavens and authority on earth to function on earth, to believe in yourself. See, the lion has this innate belief in himself That he is the king of the jungle and he roars. Christians should be the most confident people on the face of the earth. But the reality is, in my life as a Christian, it's anything but. You don't want to look at the Christian the wrong way. They're going to depression for four weeks. But I don't know about you, but I feel like inside me, there's greatness. Do you feel like that? Is anyone? Any yeah. okay, anyone here that feels like they're great? Put your hand up. Oh, that's half. See, that's what I mean. Everyone should put their hand up. I look inside myself and I see a superhero. Right. I see someone great. That's, I, I feel like God bankrupted heaven when he... I used to say to my mum, was there something special about the day I was born? Did you hear angels or were there signs in the sky? Did you you feel unusual? Like, like, you know, Mary or, or, you know, Elizabeth with John. Did you feel like that you came into a new level of anointing when you carried me? That you were highly favored? But that's not unusual. Because that's the way God creates people. He creates us to have this. I know there's a balance, but, you know, we, we always want to talk about balance. But let's just get up to the balance first. Let's just, let's just learn a degree of self-confidence. The church is not um, overwhelmed with overconfidence and all cockiness. The church has been the other side where we have being introspective and fearful and biting our hands and, and scared that we offend people. The lion roars. I have greatness inside me. So each morning you need to say to yourself, the world is lucky to have me. I am called to greatness. I'm going to do something great. I'm the answer to someone's problem today. Remember, I've told you this. The gift of my true self is the gift that God gives me to give to the world. The gift of my true self, how God made me to be in in my greatness, is the gift I give to to my world. The gift of my true self. There's a lot of people carrying a false self. All the baggage, all the negativity, you can see a false self a mile away. Stop it. We all know it's there. Stop faking it. Be true to yourself. The only one who knows who I am is God. I am created in Christ. He's the only one who knows who I truly am. My, my discovery of myself begins as I wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, when you look at me, what is it that you see? And he'll say, I'll tell you what I see. Someone great. Dean said that today, didn't he? See, isn't it funny how we twist communion into all this introspection? Oh, how terrible I am. But really, it's about discovering how great I am because of Christ. He's made me great. He's cleansed me, washed me, put a new nature inside me, called me to greatness. That's why the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, don't say that, Jesus. God's saying to Jesus, don't put that in the scripture. Somebody might believe and get a big head. But apparently God thought that we might need it because we live in a world that's constantly trying to push us down, contain us, minimize us. Don't get ahead of yourself, son. No, I tell my children, you are born for greatness. You're going to do great things. You're going to be doctors, lawyers, scientists. You're going to be the top of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. What an environment to live in. Do you know when they're grooming a royal child? They know from a little kid that they're born for greatness, that they're special, that they are unique. And so they walk that way. They talk that way. They carry, have you met people born in privilege? They, there's something different about them. You can see them from afar and know there's something different about that person. That's what it's like in the kingdom. Yeah. We are called by God, uniquely made. Remember when God says to Moses, when you build the tabernacle, see to it that you make it according to the pattern in heaven. Remember I told you there's a real you in heaven and a you on earth. Yes? 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 Yes. Seated in heavenly places, Ephesians. God has a picture of you on his cupboard. It's the perfect you. He looks at you every morning and says, there's my son. And then there's you on earth. And our job is to make sure that whatever is on earth is in heaven. That picture on earth mirrors the picture in heaven. Remember in the tabernacle? In the holy place, there was a dirt floor and a heavenly roof. And and to remind them that that even though you begin scratching in the dirt, you are destined to be a heavenly child. There is an other you that other people don't see. So we wake up in the morning and remind ourselves that we are called to greatness. We put off the old and put on the new. When we're going out for dinner, we put on something new, something good. When our friends come to dinner, we bring out the new stuff. So each day, we have to remind ourselves, I'm a new creation. My son showed me a little trick the other day. And it's this trick where, I don't know if you've seen this. I learn a lot from my kids about science because I think I slept in science. And my son was doing this to me. He says, Dad, you know, if you get these pages and you just do that. And it's a bit like each morning when we wake up and we're sowing new thoughts about ourselves. You know, it takes time to redeem the way we think. So we've got to work at creating the womb of our morning, the eagle, the lion. Pastor Andrew said that I am great. That's right. And I'll get out my scripture and you begin to entwine the scriptures Every day, you're quoting scripture. Every day. And it takes time. And do you know, by the time you're finished, and I won't do that whole book, but this is what it looks like. I did this earlier. Here's a, here's a sample I prepared before. <laughs> and this is, there's no tricks. There's no gimmicks. But this is just pages flicked together. And do you know, the power is that not one person here in this auditorium could pull these books apart. There's no glue. He's the strongest man in our church. Now, if you do pull this apart, you've wrecked my illustration. No, no, just in the middle. Just in the middle. Just try and pull apart. You don't have to. You don't wreck my book, but it's strong, isn't it? It is. It's very strong. There's no glue. It's just page after page entwined. It's called friction. But you know what? Each morning, as we layer upon layer, new thoughts of the eagle and the lion. We get before God. We create the womb of the morning. It creates a perfect day. And the enemy can't pull it apart. See, he steals and kills and destroys. He robs us of our day. But as we create a new way of living our day, he can't pull it apart. This is what successful men and women look like. You can't pull it apart. Each day is programmed for success. Remember the prodigal son and the father? The father's waiting every morning to talk to you about your day. Your job is to get out of the pig pen called the bed, wake up and say, okay, I'm here now, Lord. Speak to me. Talk to me about my destiny. Don't you dare, listen to me, don't you dare leave this place and say, I I'm not get much to be destiny. That is a lie. God doesn't make second-class destinies. Before I formed you, in the womb, I knew you and I set you apart. I called you by name. Everything that God does is exceptional. So the issue is not your destiny. The issue is you turning up for your destiny. That's the issue. Because you read the, the, the books of history and the most mundane Uneducated people who turned up for their destiny did great things. All the disciples turned up. Jesus chose them out of the crowd because they turned up and followed him and laid down their lives. And they said, look, we've left all to follow you, Jesus. Your destiny for our lives is supreme. And Jesus said, that's what I'm looking for. So every day is a gift from God. To walk in harmony with him, to walk in step with him. To get to the end of the day say, okay, God, I feel like there were bits of my day that are a little bit disjointed. You don't whip yourself. You say, okay, Lord, the next morning, teach me your ways. Cause me to walk in step with you this day. And not every day there's angels dancing on the roof. Some days it's, it's a perfect day because you sat with somebody and you talked heart to heart. God values those things as much as the biggest deal we've ever made. Each perfect day is different. For me, some perfect days are just being with my kids, hanging out and being a good dad, creating memories that I know in the years to come, they'll look back and say, we were loved well. That's a perfect day. For other days, there are days where we spend with the Lord and we educate ourselves, we read, we increase our knowledge. It's called a perfect day. And every day is different. And that's why we get before the Lord and we say, teach us your ways. You said the path of the righteous is like, a, it's like a, a sun that gets brighter and brighter, leading to the perfect day. Teach me how to live the perfect day. I don't want to waste moments in futility. I don't want to waste moments in idle conversations, stupid people in stupid pursuits. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to waste my life with friends that are going the wrong way. I'll cut those relationships off if they won't change. And guard my day. It's called the perfect day. And you know what? God's got many, many of those for you today, for the rest of your life, where you nail it, you nail it, you nail it. You're in time with heaven. And it seems like all of heaven is shining over you, smiling over you because you're in rhythm with God. So why don't you lift up your hands today. And the first thing that you need to do if you're listening on the, on the live stream, on podcast, the first key to a perfect day is to have a perfect relationship with God. And if you've never asked him into your heart, why don't you do that today? Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I don't want to live my own way because I know that's, that's the curse way. That's, that's a way that's out of time with you. You have a plan for my life. I call you into my heart. I give you control of my life. I want to be in step with you today. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin, my independent living. I give you control of my life. And if you prayed that prayer today, whether you're in the building, on live stream, watching the podcast, today you're a new creation. And you step into time with the purpose of God for your life. For all those that are already children of God, why don't you give him your day? Say, Lord, teach me how to walk in time with you. Errors of my past are out of time. Come in and heal. Redeem those times and cause me to walk this day in time with you. And everything that's caused me to be out of time, I ask, Father, by your Spirit, because you're alive in those moments right now. Heal and let there not be an effect, a detrimental effect out of any of those circumstances. In Jesus' name. Some of you, you, you you're carrying even negative thought patterns and, and, and nightmares because of things that have happened. And it keeps re- recurring in your head. Even, and as you start the day, there's a linger or the smell of that event. And do you know you have the power to ask Jesus into that event to redeem? So there's no longer any more effect of that on your today. And you can do that where you sit today. You can ask him into that. And then for each of us for our day, I pray, Lord, that, that as we wake up in the morning, we would see that there's a womb to be nurtured, to be understood, and to grow throughout that day, that you have a plan for each day. Thank you, Lord, you've called us to be eagles that soar in the Spirit, that see things in the Spirit, that perceive of signposts along the way each day. Open our eyes to see all the cues, the moments, the people that you quicken to our hearts, that you want us to speak to, share our faith. The moments, Lord, but we don't want to miss in our day because we're too busy. Father, you've given us eagle eyes to see those divine moments. And this week, I pray for your people that you'll have divine moments every day, where you align us, Lord, across the paths of others. Eagle eyes at sea, no longer dull, no longer caught up in our own mundane lives. But give us eyes at sea. Thank you for eyes at sea, and thank you, Lord, for the spirit of the lion that you're placing boldness and courage, and self-belief in our hearts that we're called to greatness for this day. And we can do all things. We can step up to the plate. We can believe for more than we've ever had before. Thank you for that, Lord. And we give you, Lord, our hearts for this day. And I pray, Lord, throughout the week that every single day, Lord, we bring more and more degrees of your perfection. In Jesus' mighty name.